Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Every believer should have a work that they're doing that that it, it causes you to exercise faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's Every one of us is called to do a work. And I guarantee you the work that God will call you to do, will, it will demand faith. It will be something that's beyond what you can do in your own strength. God is going to always call you beyond what you can do in mustering your own strength where you have to trust him. you got to believe the Lord for provision or for strength or for wisdom. Are you feeling stuck in your life? Unsure of what direction to take? Do you feel like you're not living up to your full potential? In today's message, Pastor Bill talks about how when we have faith in God, He will give us a calling. When we have faith in God, we can accomplish things we never thought possible. The Bible tells us that faith can move mountains, and it's true. With God on our side, we can overcome our fears and face challenges with confidence. We can leave a positive impact on those around us. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, as he continues his message, The Power of the Gospel. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all. This is Paul. After he got the good report about the believers in Thessalonians, he said, guys, he is excited to write this letter. He says, we thank God. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers. I want you to know how encouraging it had to be for Paul to find out that the group that he spent a very small amount of time with, but now he's gone, that they're thriving. Like they're, they're coming along. Anybody here has ever led someone to the Lord and, and, and discipled them? And then, you, you know, years go by and you find out they're still serving God. They're still going strong. They're, they're raising a Christian family. They're, they're doing great in the Lord. It's encouraging to see that it, it's, it, it's, it, it worked. It stuck with somebody because we got enough stories of people that started and fell off. So it's, it's exciting and it's encouraging when you hear about those that, man, they're continuing on in the Lord. They still love Jesus. They're, they've grown. They've, they've gone further. You know, I did high school ministry for almost 12 years. And over those 12 years, you know, um, you, you saw some kids, you know, just kind of fall off and not do well and never really connect. You've seen some kids get involved and serve the Lord and kind of have a down and then come back up. I've seen, I've seen the boomerang program where kids that were raised in the Lord went away and came back. But you know what I've also seen? I've seen some kids that are adults today, but I've known them since they were junior hires and they've been serving God since junior high. And now they're adults and they're married and they got two and three kids and they're still loving and serving the Lord. I'm, I look at Facebook sometimes and I'm like, man, this was a little, this is a kid in my, and, and the, this kid was in the sound ministry. This, this little girl was a, a worship, was on the worship team. You know, this kid was whatever they were. Now they're like, man, they're serving God and they're raising kids and they're, they're, they're plugged into some church somewhere doing the work of the Lord. It's very encouraging. Paul is encouraged by them. And he says, man, I thank God for you guys all the time. I always make mention of you in our prayers. Verse three, remembering without ceasing, he says, three things. I want you to write these three things down because we want to see these three things in our lives as those that have responded to the gospel. Number one, he says, your work of faith, your work of faith. We'll come back to that in just a moment. Number two, your labor of love. And number three, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, in, in the sight of God, our, in the sight of God, 
of our of our God and Father. So these three things. First of all, Paul says, I'm thanking God. I remember you without ceasing. These are things I'm grateful for that I've heard about you guys. First, your work of faith. Let me let me make this distinction, right? Because it's so important that we make it. Some people are pre the gospel, before they've received the gospel. They're trying to work to gain favor with God. That's wrong. Red X on top of that. That's not what God's after. Then we have people over here that have responded to the gospel, received the grace of God, sinned or forgiven. And now that they're saved, they're like, God, now what is there for me to do? How do I serve you? I'm so grateful for what you have done for me. I was going to hell. Now I'm going to heaven. God, you're giving me purpose. I have spiritual gifts. What do you want to do in my life? And so he says, your work of faith. Every believer should have a work that they're doing that, 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 that it causes you to exercise faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's Every one of us is called to do a work. And I guarantee you the work that God will call you to do, will, it will demand faith. It will be something that's beyond what you can do in your own strength. God is going to always call you beyond what you can do in mustering your own strength where you have to trust him. You got to believe the Lord for provision or for strength or for wisdom or for, in, for whatever it is. Maybe God has called some of you to speak. Anybody that speaks, it is scary to get up in front of people and speak. Um, y'all, you, it may not look like it, but it is. You guys, you guys. I had somebody ask me yesterday, do you, do you, you've been doing this a lot of times. Do you get nervous? Yes, every week. I'll be in the bathroom. I leave and go pray. I pray before every service because I'm, I'm not capable in myself. I'll forget everything. I'll, I'll mispronounce all the wrong words. And I don't believe that there's an anointing on me, particularly. I believe there's an anointing on God's word. And if I could just get it said right. God will work through his word. And that's what I pray. God, help me not to mess it up. Help me to get it said right. Help, help it to be spoken in such a way that it will touch hearts in the way that you intend so you can have your intended end in a person's life. Help me not to get in the way of what you want to do. It's a big deal. And so Paul says, your work of faith. And I would challenge every believer here. If you would say, if you're sitting in a seat and you would say, I am a believer, I want you to write down next to work of faith. What is your work of faith? What is the work that you do in God by faith. Is there something? If there's not, then we would pray for that. We would say, God, give, show me something that there's something I could do. And there is absolutely something you could do beginning today. Um, if, if, if it's sharing the gospel, if it's praying for people, if it's sharing scripture with somebody, if, it's, if, the, if, this, if you discover your gifts, um, there's something everybody here could do that will require faith. One thing that every believer should be doing that will require faith is sharing your faith with other people. Um, it's one of the things that most people don't do. So first of all, your work of faith. Number two, your labor of love, right? The, the labor of, he said, you guys have, a, there's a work that you guys are doing, but there's a labor of love that you guys are doing. And this, this is, this reminds us that sometimes the work that we do for God is laborious, right? Everything, everybody's not a preacher. Some guys are, are built, there are people building churches. Um, uh, there's a group of guys in Haiti that I'm blessed to get to share with every week. Uh, there's a Bible college there, and there's a ministry in Haiti where local guys from Haiti are coming. They're being trained up to go back into their villages to, to pastor churches. And so um, they have pastors here that over Skype, we do teachings for these guys over the week. Well, I was on the Skype call Friday, and they had a team from California that was out there, and it was a, a labor team. So some teams will come, and they come teach. And other, this team came, and they had a bunch of carpenters. And so they were, I mean, we're teaching, but I hear drills, 
you know, you hear that, 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 because these guys are only there for a few amount of days and they got to get all they can get done while they're there. They're building rooms and everything else. That's a labor of love. These guys have left California, went down to Haiti to say, we believe in what God is doing here. We're going to build classrooms and bedrooms and otherwise so you guys can be ministered to and you guys can be in comfort and be in peace here. And so maybe you're one that says, I don't really have, I don't sing. I'm not really a, I don't think I'm called to be a preacher, but you got something that you can do for the Lord. It may be that you're, you're someone with a skilled hand. Uh, my wife and my kids will tell you, um, while, while this is kind of my thing, I love to teach the word and study God's word. Give me a hammer, a screwdriver, and I will break everything you, you, that you put in front of me. So I'm, I'm the most unhandiest person uh, that you know. Um, at my house, anywhere where I have talked my family, let me do it. Let me do it. I can hang those pictures. When you pull those pictures off, it's about eight holes from, from missing the wood. And then there's the one hole I finally got the wood on. And uh, every once in a while, when they want to laugh at me, they just pull a picture off the wall and say, there you go, dad. You know, like you did good, you know, so it's not my gift, but it's somebody's gift. Right. Some guys have that. And so let me encourage you, if your gifts aren't maybe public gifts or spoken gifts or those, do you have are you is there a labor of love? Is there, is there another way that God would have you to put your hand to the plow to do a work for him? And again, I would encourage you to pray about that. Uh, he says your labor of love. Number three. He says, your patience of hope, your patience of hope. And so something a lot of believers lack is patience. Uh, we don't like waiting on the Lord right now. Right now, I'm waiting on the Lord to clear up COVID and let us go back inside and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's a patience and there's got to be some hope involved, right? That's not what he, when he says the patience of hope here. We're going to find out as we go through this book, their hope is in the Lord. And what they're waiting on and who they're waiting on is the Lord. And so we got to have patience. And some things that we're, you know, looking at in our world that are all messed up, God says, eventually, I'm going to make all these things right. Eventually, everything that's not right will be made right. Y'all know that? For you guys that are looking at the world and saying, oh, there's injustice and there's wrong and there's racism and there's crime and there's God's like, hey, 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 relax. I got this. Everybody's got to come before me one. Y'all know that? that, that I, I relax right there. God said, everything is going to be brought into judgment one day. Every, every work. We brought in the judgment, every crime, every sin, every everything will come before him and it will be judged and made right eventually. So I can kind of relax. I can kind of be at peace about the things that are going on. It's, it's not mine to fix. Jesus is Lord. He's the judge. He will deal with all those things. I'm on a different mission, right? I'm on a gospel mission. I'm out here sharing the gospel, trying to make disciples and pointing people to Jesus best I can. And so Work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope. And again, their hope is in the Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our, 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 our God and Father. Verse four now, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Now, this can throw a lot of people. He says, he's saying to the Thessalonians, you guys, knowing your election, you've been elected. You've been chosen by God. The Bible says that God has elected or chosen people before the foundations of the world. People get caught up on this because they add to it, right? God has elected people for heaven. Does it anywhere in the Bible say he elected people for hell? No. Now, here's what people are stumbled by. How does God choose? Hmm. We don't know that. We, 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 we're not explicitly, right? Um, I know that, that, do you guys believe that God knows everything? So I'm of this persuasion, right? Uh, I, I, I think Chuck Smith said this before, and I, I liked it. Um, God is not in our position, right? 
if for you guys that have chosen husbands and wives, you chose them the best you could when you chose them. You looked at them and said, I think this person, you know, whatever you thought when you met them. Now, maybe you think something different today. Maybe the person that you met has turned out to be something totally different. You stuck. Um, you, you, you just got to deal with it. You know, you, you, you should have prayed. You should have asked God. But you got what you got at this point. God is not doing that. God is not picking us and saying, oh, man, Bill, I picked you, man. I, I really thought you was going to be better than this. You know, um, God chooses you and me knowing everything we ever did and would ever do. Right. And so Chuck Smith explained it this way. If you were to go and I'm not recommending gambling. So let me say that because I know somebody's like, Pastor said we could go gamble here. No, I'm not what I'm saying. If you went to the horse track, let's say, and you knew the horses that would win, would you choose a losing horse? No, because you, you know all the winners. You would choose those that you know. I would choose Lucky Black and, you know, Green Smile. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be picking all the winners only. And so God is, that's his perspective. God chooses knowing he knows who's coming and who's not coming. God knew that you would, if you're saved today, God knew you would be saved. And if you're not saved and you're never going to be saved, God already knows that you're not saved and that you're never going to be saved. Um, so God elects us. He chooses us. Um, but you still have human responsibility. You have to, you have to repent of your sins. You have to turn to Jesus. You have to exercise faith in coming to God. And if you don't, um, you won't go to hell because God didn't choose you. You will go to hell because you have rejected Christ and you rejected the gospel in your life. And so, um, but he says, knowing brethren, the election of God. And so he's encouraging them that God is evidently, there's evidence in you guys life that faith is genuine. You guys are elect. God chose you. And if you're here today and you've been walking with the Lord for some time and you know that you're born again, I want you to I want you to enjoy that. You're elect of God. You are chosen of God. Before the foundation of the world, God knew that you were to be his. He knew you would serve him one day. He knew you would grow up into what you are today. He knew that you would come through whatever you had to come through to get to where you are. He knew all of that. And he's got a plan for you here and right now. And he's encouraging them. You guys are the elect of God. Verse five. For our gospel, and I want you to note the, 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 the way he phrased it, our gospel. I'm going to come back to that. Our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So when Paul says our gospel, um, he's making a distinction. So what we do know is that there have been other false gospels that have been put out there, Right. And so Paul said, look, our, our gospel, the gospel that we've been preaching to you guys, it didn't come just in word, but it came in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. So what is our gospel, right? Um, for you and I that are here today, what's our God? There's a lot of messages today. There are a lot of things that claim to be the gospel. I want to give you the clearest section of scripture on what the gospel is. In the Bible, it is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, you can all turn there. Turn and look at that with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, clearest presentation of what exactly is the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received and in which you stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast to that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Here goes the gospel, starting in verse 3. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, 
and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. And so a very clear explanation of the gospel is, and I want you to note the gospel is all about what Jesus did, that he died for your sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that three days after he was buried, he was he raised from the grave. Um, and he was seen by Peter and over 500 others later on, evidence of the resurrection. So the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus for you. That's the gospel, that God loved you so much he sent his son to die for your sins. After he died and paid your sins in full, three days later he rose from the grave. He conquered death. He conquered sin. He conquered Satan. He prevailed over all of them that whoever would put their faith in him, now you would have power over death. Right. You would live a resurrected life. You would have power of life beyond the grave just as he did and the forgiveness of sins. And so that's the gospel. The gospel has nothing to do about you. Some people's preaching of the gospel sounds like, you know, it's, 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 it's what they've done. You know, how did you get saved? You know, I made up my mind. I made a decision. No, no, no. The gospel is what God did. You're a recipient of a wonderful gift. That's all you did was receive a gift. Right. So if we understand the gospel right, none of us can be proud. Right. I'm not better than you. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're anybody that received the gospel. We we're all recipients of a great gift. Are we not? We could be grateful together. That's why we come together to worship together, because we got this common this common thread that draws us together is we love Jesus. We are grateful to Jesus for what Jesus has done for us. So we come together. We sing together. We worship together. We study together. We serve together. And for some of us here, it's the only thing that draws us together, right? Well, this is a very diverse group here. You guys look around. This is a diverse group of people. The thing that we have in common is the most important thing in our life, and it's Jesus and who he is and what he has done for us. And that's what makes that's what makes us family. That's what draws us together. That's what brings us together for service. And so um, Paul says, look, this God, our gospel, which which we declare to you guys, there's another verse. Um, if you're writing notes, write down Galatians chapter one, um, verse six through nine. Uh, the church in Galatia was being um, they, they had some people coming in with another gospel different than the one Paul preached. And I want you to hear the strong language that Paul uses um, as he, you know, as he kind of battles with this other gospel that came in. In uh, Galatians 1, 6-9, Paul says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But listen to what he says. Even if we or an angel from heaven, I'm sorry, even if, yeah, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That word accursed in the Greek is the Greek word anathema. It means be damned to hell. Paul says if somebody comes with a different gospel than the one we preached, let them be damned to hell because their gospel is not the gospel at all. So a gospel that says you got to believe in Jesus and do this and be baptized and speak in tongues and be circumcised and anything is, 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 is not the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ says that the work of Jesus was complete. He died, he was buried, and he resurrected, and that is enough. 
There's nothing you can add to the finished work of Jesus other than you, you put your faith in it for salvation. Now, in response to that, when you get saved, now there'll be a lot of works. Now I'm going to serve God. Now I'm going to obey him. Now I'm going to be baptized. Now I'm going to, you know, all that we do, in, it's in response to the gospel. It's not adding to the gospel. You guys get the difference? And so Paul says here, again, the gospel that we brought to you guys, our gospel did not come to you in word only, but there was power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. And he says, as you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Paul says, remember our example. We were a solid example among you guys as we walked and we lived. You guys got to watch our example. And so I want to say this as people that are living in the world and we're, we're wanting to be um, we're wanting to share and sh- preach the gospel. We got to we got to let our example be solid. Um, some people have the message right, but they live so raggedy that people aren't receptive of their sharing. Um, how many of you guys knew people that were, were maybe shared the gospel with you, but they weren't living right? And it was a hindrance, right? Uh, I knew people that they, they, it wasn't that what they were saying was wrong. It was just that they were living so wrong. I couldn't hear them very well. You know, I, I couldn't see through how they were living and then receive the message they were trying to give me. And so make sure that your life and your message are, 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 are you know, they, they coincide, that they agree, that you're living the life that you're also preaching and sharing with other people. Verse six now it says, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word and much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Um, one of the, the things here the gospel does, it, it comes in power. Um, it comes in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. It comes with the internal assurance. Um, but here he says, look, you guys became followers of us and the Lord. So in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul says, imitate me as we also imitate Christ. Another translation says, follow me. As, as we follow Christ. And that's essentially what was happening. They were following in Paul's example. Here's one of the evidences that of the power of the gospel. The gospel brings about genuine transformed lives. And again, I want to explain the difference between gospel transformation and religious transformation. Religious transformation says you should change these things to please God. You make these adjustments. Stop doing that. Start doing this. Don't dress like that. Wear that. Go here. Do this. Do these things and God will be happy with you. That's religion. You're trying to reach out to God. You're trying to be better. Uh, you know, do, you're trying to do better and be better um, so that God will love you more. Be, 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 you know, will, will, will be, I guess that he'll be more accepting of you. The gospel says this. God has already accepted me. God has already loved me. God has already, he already loves me as much as he possibly can. Now, I'm, I'm being, the transformation that God brings is this. When you, the day you get saved, who comes to move, who moves inside you? Holy Spirit. The Bible says every, when you believe, God gives you the Holy Spirit. He moves in. And so now there's God in you, God with you, and, and it's an internal transformation. You just will begin walking with the Lord. The Holy Spirit will begin to convict you about things you didn't used to be convicted about. There'll be things that you were okay with a month ago, and now just getting going with the Lord, you know, there's a sense of, man, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. God will work from the inside out. It won't be, it won't, it, you won't need people, you know, bugging you from without. God will be at work from within saying, hey, don't do that. I don't go there. Don't, don't talk like that. Don't behave like that. How many guys have experienced that, that, that internal? Yeah, it'll mess you up. When you first get saved, it's like, what's wrong with me, you know? Uh, I'm like, man, I'm getting soft. I'm getting weak. And God was like, no, I'm, I'm just changing you from the inside out. Um, and so it, this is, again, one of, the, one of the 
the the the great the great demonstrations of the power of the gospel is in transformed lives that people's lives are radically transformed people that were you know whatever you were before you got saved god will transform you i know people that were drug addicts transformed alcoholics transformed players and cheaters transformed you know um just you name it just absolutely transformed You've just heard A Transforming Word, a ministry out of Inglewood, California. Do you know Jesus? We want you to find the inexpressible joy and hope found in Him. We'd strongly encourage you to go to calvaryinglewood.org to get started in knowing Jesus personally. Part of the ministry of Jesus focused on loving others in an unassuming way, like that of a servant. Listen to the words of Paul as he prays for you and me to have that same kind of love. It reads like this from 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. We believe that your relationship with Jesus and others matters. That's why this ministry dedicates a space on our website to download the mobile app. This is a great tool to have because it allows you to grow in your faith whenever and wherever you are. There's nothing better than having the teachings of Jesus right at your fingertips. Head on over to calvaryinglewood.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page. There you'll find the information you need. Here it is again, in case you missed it the first time. calvaryinglewood.org. Do you need someone to talk with or pray for you? Don't wait another second longer. We would be overjoyed to be that someone for you today. You can call us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310 310- 245-4811. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, we're out of time for today. Plan to join us again on A Transforming Word.